0: All right, how's everybody doing this morning? Good to see you. As you've noticed, we have several uh, out dealing with sickness and different things that are going on, so we do want to be mindful of that. Keep those folks in your prayers. I have the privilege this morning, after changing our plans last week, to kick off our new series. been looking forward to this one. You know, when we came in November, of course, we jumped right into the Advent season, which I really love, and then we had our stay home Sunday, our family talk, and then we had our special guest missionaries, Um, but I sort of considered this our first opportunity to really begin to look at some things for the balance of the year. So it'll be a combination of uh, just talking about some of the philosophies we have as a church, we'll be touching on. of our values, and things that are important to us, and I want to just give you a quick preview, so we've adjusted. This will be a three-week series, Um, and in these three weeks, we're going to cover three important, we're going to address three important questions. So you know, one of the things I've found helpful over the years is, um, as Christians, there is a number of different. Words that we use that may not be used outside of the context of church. And so I find it helpful from time to time to actually focus and look at some of those and just kind of break down what are we really talking about with certain words that we might use in the church world um, that maybe don't have as much meaning or as much use in the broader context of our culture. And one of those that we're going to look at and answer some questions about over the next three weeks is discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? And so this week, we're going to actually answer that particular question. What is a disciple of Jesus? And we'll uh, look at some practical examples. um, And we'll just sort of try to give ourselves a clear grid for what do we mean when we talk about being a disciple of Jesus. Next week... We'll shift that conversation and talk about how do we grow as a disciple? Uh, what are some tools and things, and, and and what does that mean in the context of being a disciple to actually grow? And then on the last week, we'll broaden the context further and look, us as a church, how do we actually make more disciples? If you're familiar uh, with the portion of Matthew where it's often referred to as the Great Commission... Jesus speaks to his disciples before he ascends to heaven. One of the things he says is, go and make disciples of all nations. So if he's given us that instruction, we need to understand what is it and how do we actually do it. And so if I had to sort of set a goal for you as we go through this series, um, that would be my goal is that we would begin to understand more clearly what is a disciple, what is the process of discipleship, and how as a church do we fulfill that command of Jesus to go and make more disciples. Let's actually pray before we jump in. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, we just welcome you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit present here in our service. I thank you for your grace that has gone before us and prepared us to hear what it is that you have for us this week and in the weeks to come. And I just ask that you continue to just give that grace freely, Father, that we would have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a willingness to go and do that that you've called us to. Thank you for our church, and thank you for uh, being with all those who are uh, not feeling well. Father, we just ask uh, continually for your healing, your peace, and your grace over everyone connected to our church family and in the greater community here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know how many of you are familiar, but when I was preparing for this series, um, there's the uh, series called The Chosen, which explores the life and ministry of Jesus and covers a lot of the biblical narrative. And there's this story, which we're probably all very familiar with, and if you've watched the series, you've probably seen this. Um, but to me, it was the perfect setup uh, for what we're going to talk about this morning and the way that we've titled the series, which is, Follow Me, joining the mission of Jesus. And so I want to take about five minutes and actually watch this short clip um, to begin a sort of a primer for what we're going to talk about this morning. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quote with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. you yeah. And a baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long, we believe. But by faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. What do you want for me? Anything you ask, I will do. As well. Yes, you, James and John, come, follow me. I'll take the fish into market and settle up Simon's death. I'll get some help to fill both of these boats. Are you sure? Yes, go. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> we've just been called by the man we've prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you miss supper? <laughs> no, now. I really love that. Such a simple invitation that Jesus gives to the disciples, and he's still giving to us today, that we're going to explore in this series. And everything that we read in Scripture that Jesus calls us to do can be summarized and filtered through that simple request, follow me. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. Let's look at John 14, it is there, making sure. Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and the words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Yes, you can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I don't know about you, but... When I stop and reflect on Jesus' call to follow Him, and I reflect on the ways that I thought, or the, the, the things that I've thought that looks like, I've often realized that it that that I fall pretty short of what Jesus has asked because this command to follow Me, uh, just as we saw in the story uh with the fishermen you know they had to actually leave the thing that they knew they had to actually risk everything to follow jesus now that uh, is not going to be the case in a practical sense for all of us i'm not uh, here to tell you that tomorrow morning everyone should go quit their jobs and become pastors and teachers and missionaries certainly that's not the goal there's actually a lot of value in following jesus uh, in the marketplace, in the school in the in the workplace, in whatever context he's placed you in um so we don't we don't need everyone uh, my old pastor used to say um, referring to pastors as professional Christians, which is not really what we are, but his point was we don't need us to all become professional Christians, but we can all follow Jesus in the context of where he's placed us and with the sphere of influence that he has given us. And the main thing that I want to sort of paint a picture for you, we're going to look at, at, there's many more that we could cover. We're going to look at five practical things, uh, related to being disciples of Jesus. Five, uh, characteristics or things that a disciple does as a result of being a disciple of Jesus. But I want to keep in mind this one, uh, phrase from John 14 that we looked at. In verse 12, where he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I'm going to the Father. The first thing that I want to point out to sort of set this up this morning, which we've touched on before, is this idea that, uh, and we talked about this in the Advent series, when we think of Jesus uh, as God come to earth, we have to realize that he was also man. Now, he never stopped being God, but I believe that he set a measure of his divinity aside to actually show us how to live life on this earth empowered by the Spirit. And so the power that Jesus had to be able to do the things that he did is the same power that's available to us as believers whom the Holy Spirit lives in and whom, uh, in certain contexts, the Holy Spirit comes upon to empower us to be able to do ministry. And we can dissect that in a later week. But I just want you to keep that uh, frame of mind as we talk this morning about uh, what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. The first thing that we want to look at is that disciples of Jesus cultivate a lifestyle of worship. Now, it's not simply that we do worship or that we show up on Sunday and sing songs, but that we actually cultivate a lifestyle and an experience of worship that goes beyond even what we do here on Sunday morning. And even what we do here on Sunday morning, as is one of our vineyard values, that we desire to actually have an interaction and experience that when we come together and worship corporately, we're actually interacting with God's very presence and spirit. We're not simply here uh, to sing songs, to declare good things about God, but we're actually having a communication with him. And his spirit is actually moving and doing things in our midst when we worship, whether that be through song, which is usually our primary expression on a Sunday morning, or through any other number of ways that we might express our adoration, devotion, uh, and love for Him. You know, we talk about that in our worship team, that, you know, worship is not about us. Uh, and that applies to both sides of the stage. For those of us that might be up here on the stage, worship is not about us. We are facilitators. We are conduits attempting to help create an atmosphere and lead the congregation into his presence and then as we've said and then be forgotten you know when you leave a a vineyard service uh, i don't want the primary thing you remember to be uh, any person who was up here that that did a great job or or whatever that's not the primary thing i want you to remember i want you to have had an experience with god to have heard him speak to you to have him interact with your life in some way so that you are actually changed and empowered for your week uh, or for whatever it is that he might be calling you to. And so as a disciple of Jesus, it's our personal responsibility to cultivate that as a lifestyle. And one of the best ways I found to do that is to actually have dedicated time. You can call it quiet time, devotions, whatever sort of language we want to use. Um, but one of the best ways I've found to actually cultivate a lifestyle of worship is to simply give him time, to spend time with him. Um, because as with any relationship, you know, uh, if I have a relationship with Betty over here and I never see her, I never go visit her, we don't have, lunch, like, then that relationship is not going to develop and deepen. Um, but if I see her every day, you know, as her husband Dale does, you know, and there's interaction and there's conversation and there's meals together, then that relationship has the ability to deepen. There begins to be a level of trust and they can be an experience of things that there couldn't be outside of that. The same is true in worship of God. Simply, if nothing else, and we could talk a whole message on on tools and ways to to cultivate that deeper, but I simply want to leave you with the thought to spend time with him. Spend time with him in personal worship through whatever creative expression is most applicable to you. Uh, I heard a pastor say one time in reference to reading his Bible, it say, you know, well, you know, how much time do you spend reading your Bible every day? He said, it's different every time. Because you know, he was saying, well, I try to read five minutes every day. Well, that's a good goal. It's good to get into the word and let the word get into you. So I'm not knocking that but the thing that this pastor said always stuck with me. He said, uh, I read until he speaks. And so the purpose, you know, we have a high value of Scripture here. Um, scripture and Spirit don't have to be mutually exclusive. We want both. We want to be uh, biblically solid and, and rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Uh, but we also want to be open to the expression of the Spirit. And the truth of the matter is, the written Word that we find in the Bible Its purpose is to actually direct us to the Father, to help uh, guide us. So when we read, we're not reading simply for knowledge retention or to learn that, you know, I'm interested in some of the, you know, historical accounts and things. Those are of interest to me. But the purpose is to actually uh, lead me to Jesus, to help me deepen and develop that relationship. So I encourage you to actually take time, uh, and actually read until he begins to speak, um, whether it be through the word or through other means. Uh, for sake of time, because each one of these could probably be its own message, I'm going to move on. One of the next things that disciples of Jesus uh, do is they connect in community. And this is why we have the value for gathering together here on Sunday mornings and then gathering in smaller groups in homes and coffee shops and places throughout the week. As that we, and we'll uh, I'm just touching a little bit on what we'll dive into more next week, that's one of the best ways to actually grow as a disciple. Uh, You've heard this uh, phrase or this analogy that iron sharpens iron. Uh, In that same way, as believers uh intentionally get together and sort of rub shoulders and talk and do life and grow we actually sharpen each other and so it's actually one of the tools that God can use in our life to actually grow us as a disciple because I don't know about you but when I hear phrases like the good news of the gospel um, I want to make sure that the gospel that I'm not only believing but living is actually good news now that doesn't mean that I won't ever experience hardship or trial or difficulty. But if the gospel that I'm living uh, isn't producing any measure of joy or hope or peace or the rest of the list of the fruits of the Spirit that we read about in the Bible, then I probably need to reexamine that a little bit. And one of the best ways to do that is in the context of community. Because oftentimes, especially in a smaller group, because I'll I'll tell you from my perspective, um, what we do in smaller groups is oftentimes more impactful and more important than what we do here on Sunday. Now, not to devalue this experience at all. It's essential. But to really begin to develop the lifestyle that we're called to, we need that context of of doing life with people that we trust, or we can share openly, or we can connect in ways that we can't do in a larger group like this. The next thing that disciples of Jesus do is uh, simply, to borrow an old uh, vineyard phrase, is that we do the stuff that Jesus did. Now, you could define that a lot of different ways, and in essence, it's all the things that we see Jesus do. But particularly in our context, and one of our values in uh, actually expanding the kingdom and moving in compassion in our community is that some of the more outstanding things, the stories that we read about in the Bible, where Jesus healed the sick and cleansed the lepers and made the fish show up later where he multiplies the fish and the bread to feed the 5,000. You know, we can often read those and think of those as Sunday school stories that, man, that's really cool. You know, uh, Jesus did that because he's God. And what I'm proposing to you here this morning is Jesus actually did those things in the power of the spirit who was living in him and on him as a man on the earth. And so we're actually invited as part of that invitation to follow Jesus to actually learn how to cooperate with His Holy Spirit, to actually do those kind of things. It's one of the reasons we offer prayer in our services and other contexts. We actually believe that you, as a believer, can lay hands on the sick and see them made well. Now, does that mean that you're doing the healing? No. That's God's sovereign work. But He wants to use us as the conduits for His presence to flow through and accomplish that work. And he invites all of us into that to be a part of that and so that's something else that we'll continue looking at over the coming weeks and months is uh practical ways that we can grow in those areas we also have a saying uh in the vineyard everyone gets to play and it's it's somewhat similar to this doing the stuff you know that kind of stuff can be fun now sometimes it's hard you know, because sometimes you pray for someone and they don't get healed, and that can be really disheartening for them and for you. Um, sometimes people are dealing with stuff that's really difficult. So I'm not saying that it's always fun, but I tell you, when you, and I wish my, my wife was here this morning, you know, when you felt um, a tumor actually melt and dissipate under your hand, that's kind of fun, you know. And so there are experiences that we can have that are actually fun, Um, as we do the stuff that Jesus did. And so if we're saying everyone gets to play, everyone gets to do that stuff, and, and the main point behind that is it's not just, it's not for us. It's not for the pastors and the leaders and the whoever, uh, that's on the stage. It's for everybody. And so if everyone gets to play, everyone deserves to be trained. And so that's another value that we have here at Vineyard is that we want to be a church that actually offers the tools and resources to actually train people to release them so that everybody can go and do uh, the work of the ministry of Jesus. And that's one of the things that I believe everyone should cultivate. Now, does that mean that for each of you that you should go, you know, uh, build a soapbox and become a street corner evangelist? No. That's a calling. That's something. But again... There are unique ways for everybody in your particular context that you can express these different values. Uh, In addition to the things that we can do to give you tools and resources and help train you and guide you, disciples of Jesus are primarily taught by the Holy Spirit. And this is weaved all through these different things. Um, It happens in cultivating a lifestyle of worship it happens often in the moment of trying to do the stuff. You know, sometimes uh, you may get uh, what I call like a Holy Spirit nudge. You know, you're in the grocery store and you see someone and it doesn't look like they're walking quite right. They kind of got a, a frown on their face. and But, but you stop and go, like, oh, like, why did I notice that? Why does that person seem kind of highlighted to me? Well, that could be the Holy Spirit kind of nudging you that hey, you can go be part of of an answer for that person. You can go and introduce yourself, and you can pray for them. But what I found is, a lot of times we'll stop, and you know, I went, well, God, I, I want, I want confirmation. I want to sign. I want you to go ahead and tell me what I'm supposed to tell them so I can memorize it and think about it and figure it out so that by the time I get there, you know, I'm I'm all built up and I'm bold and I'm I'm ready to go. And when I found them when I when I do that, by the time I've gone through all of that, they're gone. It's over. And so a lot of times the one of the ways the Holy Spirit teaches is actually in the moment. And so I get that nudge or that, that feeling of, oh you know, this person is highlighted to me. And stepping out in obedience and God will actually meet you in the moment and actually help you actively as you're doing it with the words to say. And yes, training helps. We're going to be offering in the near future um, uh, another prayer training class. If that's something that's new to you, or maybe you haven't done it in a while, we'll, we'll give you practical tools and things to help train you in that. But the Holy Spirit will actually teach us in the moment. And then I found it's really helpful to dialogue with him after these experiences, regardless how it goes. Because sometimes it goes, well, sometimes you pray 15 seconds and the person is healed and they're freaked out because they don't even know what that's about. But they know they feel better, you know, and so then I'll, but sometimes they don't. And so either way, I'll go back and begin to ask the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, what what were you doing there? What did I miss? What, you know, what what did I think I was doing that didn't work or, you know... Because he 's always doing something, even if it 's not the obvious thing that we think, so uh, the last thing that I want to touch on again, sort of looking forward um, to the last week of the series, but it's important in defining what discipleship is as that disciples disciples of Jesus actually make more disciples that 's actually built into the DNA when Jesus says, "Follow me." Part of that process is following him and then turning to others and saying, as I follow him, you follow me. And we began to bring more people along. And that's actually a distinct uh, part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Now, again, uh, is that going to look different for everyone in your context? Absolutely. Um, You know, I grew up in a church um, that by most would be considered somewhat traditional and so we would do things um like thursday night uh, we call it thursday night visitation which a component of that was visiting people in the church who were sick and things but a bigger component of it was actually just going out and knocking on doors and handing out gospel tracts you know and that was a method that that why well, i can't say that it doesn't work now it worked in its season um and i'm not asking everybody to do that kind of stuff you know we don't have to make everything a, a a program or or a gathering or an event but we just want to begin you to train you to have the mindset that multiplication is kingdom in the kingdom everything is to be multiplied so everything God gives you he gives you so that you can turn around and give it away he invites you into things so that you can experience that blessing and then turn and hand it to this person and hand it to this person and bring them along and that at the lowest level is not about um, our, when I say our church, I just mean this local body, this expression of the larger body of Christ that is the church universal around the whole world. That is not about growing our church and getting more people to come to our church. Now, I do think that's often a natural byproduct that as we begin to move into a multiplication mindset and we become uh, more effective disciples of Jesus, some of those things may happen. But it's more about the kingdom. So I don't, uh, just to be completely frank, I don't really care if the people that you reach uh, come to church here. That's not my primary motivation. Now, what I love them too because I like our church and I like you guys? Yeah, and I think everybody should be a part of it. I think it's a great place to be. I think we're on a good track despite the challenges of COVID and various things that have happened over the last couple of years. I'm really excited about our future, and I want everybody who's interested to join in. But that's not the primary objective. The primary objective is to join the mission of Jesus, and that's about getting people to experience the king and his kingdom. And so as we do that, uh, not everybody that we touch or reach out to um, will necessarily show up here, but that's okay. Um, a part of the clip that we didn't show, Jesus was giving the analogy of when the fishermen are collecting the fish, and then they have to sort them out. And, and you know, there's some that aren't good, or, you know, I, I'm not a fisherman, I don't know all the terminology. But when he makes a comment to the disciples about becoming fishers of men, he says, just gather as many as you can of all kinds, and I'll sort them out later. That's our job this morning, friends, is to gather as many as we can. Everything that we're experiencing in the kingdom, give it away. Bring people to Jesus. Cultivate these things in our lives so that we become more effective and let Jesus sort the rest out. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you this morning once again for your word, how you're speaking to us, how you're moving, how you're preparing us as a church family to begin to more fully step into the mission that you've called all of us to, and especially in the unique and creative ways that you've called us as the Vineyard Church Peoria, to have our impact in this local community, alongside churches and bodies all around the world that are are following that same mission, Father. We ask that you just continue to give us uh, tools and training, continue to give us a vision of how we can impact this community for the greater well-being of all the people who live here and for the greater glory of your name. Amen.